As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait. The Jets offense is what we thought it would probably be without uh, Aaron Rodgers with Zach Wilson. The defense was not as the Cowboys took apart the Jets on both sides of the ball. So now what? We're going to get into it. I'm Tim McMaster along with the Athletics Jets reporter Zach Rosenblatt. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, the podcast. Give us the great reviews wherever you can. The thumbs up, all that stuff. Um, We certainly appreciate it. We're going to get into Zach Wilson will break down his game, um, the good, the bad of that, and the other issues facing this team right now and some possible solutions to go with it. We'll check in on the pick segment. The first time we've done picks with every game, we'll take a look at the leaderboard and we'll take some of your questions as well. So lots to get to. Uh, Zach, Micah Parsons eight on Sunday, but maybe the only person who ate better this weekend in Dallas was you, <laughs> right? Oh, nice. That was good. Yeah, I... I uh... We went to – there's a famous barbecue place called – I think I might have mentioned it last week. There's a place called Pecan Lodge. It's like the one of the more famous spots in Dallas. It was fantastic. While I was in line, uh, I can't wait listener wearing a wearing a full cowboy hat. Not cowboys, a cowboy hat uh, was talking to me about the pod. That was nice. Ran into a couple Jets fans in Dallas. They were all over the place. Uh, but, yeah, the barbecue is great. It's kind of – Texas barbecue, when you eat it, it's like you need like a full day to recover. Like I just felt like I was full for like two straight days after eating it. I just, I, I was disappointed. They didn't have their burnt ends, uh, which uh, is you know what, what they're known everyone, for. They ran out. Everyone runs out of burnt ends. Yeah. That's the, oh, it's cause you got to get there when the place opens yeah. for that kind of, cause they probably only have a certain amount of it, but um, barbecue is fantastic. Dallas is a sneaky fun city. If you go like downtown in the deep Ellum area, I, I, I used to cover, obviously the NFC East for four years with the Eagles and Giants. Uh, and I kind of always dreaded going to Dallas because like everything's so spread out there and, you know, I didn't have anyone guiding me to the cool parts of it. But yeah, if you, if you go in the downtown area, there's some cool bars and it's, it's fun. So, I mean, it's not like the Jets are going to play there for a while now, but uh, yeah, that was a fun trip. Now, we don't, now the Jets don't travel again until the Broncos game. And then after that, it's not for a while because they have a bye week and, the Giants game is technically a road game, so that kind of steals a road game. So I think they don't travel till Vegas after that. So curious to see how many Jets fans will be in Vegas because that should be a fun, fun trip. 
Yeah, that'll be good. Denver's always a fun trip. You have oh, I love Denver. Trips. Yeah. yeah, decent trips this year for sure. All right, let's get into uh let's get into the game. Uh it did not go well. Um I I mean I was I was surprised at the defensive effort and we'll we'll get to that obviously. But let's start with Zach Wilson cuz that's how we've been starting this podcast for like 3 years now. It felt yeah. like this year was going to be different, Zach, but here we go. Here we go. Um, Marissa's in the chat. Oh, Marissa's in the chat. We we also sent her a link. She's She's not coming yeah. on today. She said she might come later in the week. She she's right. in uh she's in her pajamas right now. She's uh <laughs> doing mom stuff. <laughs> but All say right. hi to Marissa, everybody. Yeah, say <laughs> hi and, and Marissa, feel free to stir the pot in the, in the comment <laughs> section for sure. Um the Zach Wilson was not the problem. Let's start there, right? Like he I mean, he wasn't great. He threw three picks. Yeah. I think it's fair to say two of them you can almost throw out because it was late in the game where they had to do something. So he's going to obviously take chances at that point. He had the one great throw to Garrett Wilson for the long touchdown, which gave the, this team a little bit of hope there in the first half. Um, But, you know, when you look at his overall performance, you know, what would you grade it as? Let's start there. Uh, I don't know if I was going to give it a letter grade. I'd still probably, only give him like a C plus B minus just because I mean B minus might even technically be a lot if you just look at the the pure yeah, stats. See C. C range. Um, yeah. You know, and and I think that's kind of the misinterpretation even of my story that I wrote and and kind of the reaction come out of the game. Like everybody's like everybody's handling him with kid gloves. Um, some harsher things that people said I won't repeat. Um, but like my point was just that like he was not the reason that they lost that game. You can. I still don't feel any differently about him as like an NFL quarterback. I, I don't know that he's a starting caliber player right now. Like I still don't know that. And, and the offense is limited. And I think, but I think the bigger issue, bigger issues were pass blocking, run blocking uh, and play calling on offense. And then defense was the biggest issue ultimately. Uh, Cause you expect Micah Parsons to get his, I think they could have done way more to try and prevent him from getting to the quarterback. It didn't really make sense to me that Hackett didn't, really give Dwayne Brown any help. Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen the argument that, like, giving help doesn't really do much against Parsons, but you still have to try. Like, they didn't chip almost at all. They didn't slide anybody over to help him almost at all. I know they move him around the line of scrimmage, and then maybe this is where Zach Wilson deserves criticism or, like, this is the biggest difference between him and Aaron Rodgers. Like, Aaron Rodgers at the line of scrimmage should be able to slide the protection over or, you know, change something to where, okay, they put Mike in the middle of the defensive line. What are we going to do? Uh, I don't know that Zach necessarily has that, you know, I mean, not many do, but he doesn't have the same like ability to, to see things that Aaron did. But so there's, if you're going to criticize Zach for something, I think it's that. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, he had that, he had that Garrett Wilson throw. I, they didn't really have the ball very much, which is, you know, they did have some three and outs, but ultimately the defense played 83 plays and the time of possession difference was like pretty crazy. So this is kind of Salah's point, like defending some of the things that happened, is that the offense never really had a chance to get into a groove because they were barely on the field. Like I've never seen – the defense played like 83 plays. Sauce Gardner was like, that's the most I've ever played. Uh, and it's hard to win when your defense is on the field that much. The Cowboys just working their way up the field. But, yeah, Zach Wilson, I don't feel any better about him leading this team the rest of the season. But, like I said, he had that moment. At the end of the first half was his best drive in a long time. I – he was pretty quick with the ball, decisive. He didn't make any bad decisions. He, he scrambled when there wasn't anything there, got some yards, got them in the field goal range. 
they scored the field goal and they were down by eight points at halftime. Then everything went off the rails after that. But um, yeah, I, I thought Zach was fine for the first half. And then the second half as things got out of hand is when he had some of his turnovers. But at, at that point it was, you know, I don't, I don't know if you can blame him for trying to make something happen. I, I think Hackett deserves more criticism than Wilson is what I would say. Yeah. And, and we'll get into that too. And, and Hackett, cause we could talk about that when we talk about the other parts of the offense as well. Um, as far as Zach goes, this was in your story today. Um, check it out on the athletic. Uh, Zach really gets into like problems and solutions that we'll dive into a little bit here. Um, but Zach, when he's able to get rid of the ball, the numbers break down. So when he holds yeah. onto the ball, 2.5 seconds or less, He's 17 of 23 for 207 yards and two touchdowns. That's a 130.2 rating, best in the league in that situation. Uh, that's through one, mostly two games. And then yeah. when he holds on to it for longer than that, nine of 24, 103 yards, four interceptions, and a 37.5 rating. It's it's funny when you think of the two, not funny actually, but when you think of the two quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, a guy who, like can thrive when he holds on to it, right? Can make something happen, can create. Um, but when Zach holds on to it, you see like the decision making just drops off. Those four interceptions are when he's scrambling around and trying to make something happen and trying to do too much, I think. Um, so let's bring that back to Hackett, right? It has to be getting rid of the ball. I'm going to compare, it's going to be interesting this week. One more thing before I go back to you, Zach. This week's going to be interesting because watching the Patriots offense on Sunday night and what they're doing with Mac Jones right now, he gets rid of the ball extremely quickly Mm. and it's a lot of dink and dunk, right? They're not throwing down the field a whole lot. When they do throw down the field, it seems like it's because there's pressure on him and he just kind of chucks it. Um, But he's getting rid of the ball quickly. There's quick outs to the sideline. There's, there's little screen passes, all that stuff. Um, As non-exciting an offense as that can be, is that what the Jets have to be? Yeah, you know, I, that's one thing I didn't really get why it wasn't as big of a part of the plan the other day. Like the quick passes, there wasn't really as much play action as there should have been. Like the, the Cowboys were stacking the box. Um, and, you know, because they're not afraid of Zach throwing the ball down the field or anything like that. But, you know, my whole thing, and this kind of is going to tie into another point we're going to hit on when you hit like one of my other issues is like, getting the ball to the guys who can make plays after the catch. And you do that by getting into them quickly. And Garrett Wilson is number one on that list. He did not get the ball enough. Brees Hall, you could argue you can even get him the ball out of the backfield more. I know he's on a limited work uh, workload, but still like four touches. And we'll get into his comments and stuff. Um, McCole Harbin's barely playing. I think Xavier Gibson even has some elus- elusivity and you, you've seen it on the, on the punt returns. I, I just – get rid of the ball, get the ball in your playmaker's hands and let them do the work. And, you know, maybe it's partly on Zach. He's not getting rid of the ball when he's supposed to on those quick plays or whatever. But um, I think that's the best way to counteract, you know, any any lack of confidence you have in Zach's ability to lead the team. Like, get the ball out of his hands quickly and show that, you know, if he's improved on anything, you would hope he would improve on that. Like, maybe some of the other stuff he hasn't. But snap the ball, pass it to Garrett Wilson right away, whatever it is. Um yeah, David Sona said the Jets need to be more aggressive on first and second down. Uh, I agree with that. I, I think they're playing for field goals, and that's exactly what they did last year. And um, Hackett didn't really show any creativity this week. They did have that fake punt that Ashton Davis ran for four yards for a first down, but 
Then they went three By the and way, out right I, after that. I, I hated that call because of the field position. It was a weird call. Too. Like if you're going to, I mean, it worked and then it didn't matter anyway. Yeah, exactly. You're on your own 20. The risk reward is crazy against you. And then you, it works and you're still, you're still 75 yards away from scoring. I think you say you keep that in your pocket until you're around midfield and it's actually going to lead to points. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just the original point, I think that's been one of the reactions. I just, I didn't get the game plan offensively, defensively. There's some issues that we'll obviously get into. Uh, I don't think any longstanding issues. I think it was, more of a one week, I think. I think it was more of a one week, you know, outlier where they were playing one of the best teams in the NFL. But um, yeah, I, I think you know they they need to come up with a better, more creative game plan. They need to use they need to run the ball more. I I would hope that they don't have the ball this little for the rest of the season. Like I hope this is like the low point because the differential is pretty stark. So you'd think maybe that gives Hackett some more space to do different things and. They can air the ball out more and run the ball more. Get it, get it to their playmakers. Get it to your playmakers. Get it to your playmakers. I'll say that over and over again. Like <laughs> this was the thing at the beginning of last season. Other than they had that Browns game where Garrett Wilson kind of went off. But if you remember Week One, Garrett Wilson barely played. I think Brees Hall wasn't really getting the ball very much. It was the same thing in a, like the Bengals game. I think like there's we're, there's a, the Packers game. Garrett Wilson only had one catch. Uh, at that time, Elijah Moore I don't think was targeted. Like. Stop wasting your time. Like, get it to your best players. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't really get what they're doing with that. So, I, I know defenses are scheming to stop them, but Garrett Wilson, even when he's covered, can catch the ball. So, um, you can't. I, I get that Zach Wilson is very limited, and you're scared of him throwing the ball. But, you know, it's like I, th- I think of like they tell you not to like show that you're scared when you're like if they're if you're like scared of dogs, like you're not supposed to like make it clear that you're scared of the dog. Otherwise, it's going to make them uneasy. I feel like. Yeah, Looking at Zach and showing showing the fear that he's going to mess up is making him like, oh, maybe I will mess up. Oh, God. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily happening, but I think based on their play calling, it's what it is. So I, I'm not saying they need to open up the playbook completely to what it was with Aaron or anything, but they need to do more than they did that week. Like, it was a very disappointing game plan, I thought. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more question on Zach for you. And a year ago, this team kind of turned on him. I mean, there's no way around it, right? There was the T-shirts for Mike White. There was hardly hidden comments that were clearly about Zach and and what was going on. And you wrote a long story at the end of the season about the complete, you know, breakdown between this team, quarterback, offensive coordinator, all of that. Uh, After this game, everybody seemed to have his back. So it's one week. Now this could be for different reasons. So I I want your opinion on which of these reasons is why the team is currently um, still backing up their quarterback. Is it because something they've actually seen in his play over the course of the summer and two games? Is it a new attitude from Zach that instills confidence in his teammates? Or is it just complete desperation because they know they have no other option? Mm. I hope it's one or two. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's more of a combo of two and three is what I would say. Uh, Yeah. Um, Because I do think everybody everybody's made it clear that they think this is a different version of Zach. Like even you saw my story, like we walked in the locker room after the press conferences and Zach was surrounded by like five guys. It was Garrett Wilson, all the tight ends. So Jeremy Rucker, CJ Zama, Tyler Conklin. And I think Randall Cobb was also there. Um, Garrett Wilson's talking to him for a little bit. Then as Zach's walking away, like Conklin kind of shouts to him, like we know this isn't the same as last year or whatever the quote was. So I do think there's an aspect like, of please show one, us that it isn't the yeah. same. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like trying to convince yourself, I guess. Um, 
so I think there's like three parts of it. There's the, he's a, he's different mentally than he was last year. He can handle the tough stuff better. I think there's two, he was not the reason they lost that game. And I think everybody knew that in the locker room and they all said that. And then I think there's three, they don't have another choice right now and they need hit. They need to support him. Like, you know, talking smack about your quarterback in week two is not going to get you very far. And they don't, as of now, they're not signing anybody else. Um, Dakota's like melting down in the comments right now. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get um, help to Dakota. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I think it's a combo of like all those things. It's progress, maybe whatever, you know, it's like, I'm trying to think of like a nice analogy and all the only mean ones are coming to my head. So I'm not going to say that, but um, like to be where he was to now, it's like, you're not going very far. Like, it's not like you are so low that like better is like still doesn't look great, but he's right. better. So um, you feel better about that maybe, but in the mental part of it and the confidence, like, but confidence doesn't really mean much if you're, you know, completing less than 50% of your passes when he's had some really tough times with the completion percentage and, if there's one stat that I think of the base stats that you can look at and say, okay, that, that needs to get better. Or like, that's a sign of a bad quarterback. I think completion percentage is a fair one. I, I think sometimes if it's really high, that's, it's like overblown because sometimes guys will dink and dunk and the percentage will be 75% because they didn't really throw it very far. I think you saw the Jacoby Brissett against the Jets last year, but if you're under 50%, that's a problem. And so Zach needs to get his completion percentage up and they need to start producing in the passing game. And um, anyway, I just, I, I don't have, like I said, like my point coming out of that was just that he wasn't the reason why they lost. If you even look at my story after the game, like late in the in the story, I'm like, maybe Zach Wilson isn't a playoff caliber quarterback, but he wasn't the reason why the Jets lost. That was the rest of the team. Like that was that was my point. Like my if the Jets are gonna beat good teams, and it, it has to be the formula that it was last year. The defense has to be great, the running game has to be great, and you need to have some semblance of like a pat of pass blocking. And if if two of those three, especially the first two, are 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 set, then the Jets can win some games, but especially against good teams. But if those things aren't happening, like Zach Wilson is not going to win a game for you. That's just not what he's shown so far in his career. So the pressure is on everybody else to be better, and maybe that sucks for them that they have to, you know, be amazing every week in order to even be considered a playoff team. But that's kind of the reality of the Jets situation now. Yeah, and it's hard to win in the NFL in 2023 in that scenario where everything but the quarterback has to be perfect and the quarterback, you know, you look at the great teams. They have the great quarterback yeah. that that covers up the flaws. This team totally. has nothing to cover the flaws, so they have to be perfect. Great point. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's get into problems and solutions beyond the quarterback position, although we're going to start 
related to the quarterback position, and that is protection. It was bad. We talked a bit a, bit, a little bit off the top with with Micah Parsons. Now, give the guy credit, right? He's he seems to be on his way to a defensive player of the year award yeah. this year. Um, I think the the only thing that might stop him is a, is an injury. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But he just seems like he's has everything going the motivation the skill um the defense around him he's just a dominant player um but let's remove that and look at this offensive line as a whole versus other teams they're going to face like what can we take from sunday that's going to continue to be an issue for this team when they're not facing a micah parsons because zach the i i'm trying to remember a time when he took a full drop back and had what I would think was enough time to look downfield and find a receiver. And it, it's, it's hard to think of moments when that happened. Yeah, that, that was, that's part of the issue. He was under, under fire the entire first half um, when they were still in the game. Uh, Dwayne Brown, I think got most of the flack again. I, while he was not good and I don't think he's been great through two games, you know, I, I just don't get why you're putting him on an Island with, with Micah Parson that I'll never understand that, but. So he caught a lot of it, and I think Connor McGovern had a had a rough game in the middle. Uh, I don't I don't think anybody on the offensive line had a great game. I would say I think AVT even got blown up on one running play. I think Makai, while he didn't give up any sacks, I don't think he had an amazing game. If you go back and watch the film, um, and Lakin actually I, at least one penalty. I, yeah, and Lakin I know gets a lot of flack. I I thought that was his most solid game he's had in a while. I know maybe. I haven't watched the film like closely, closely to like analyze each offensive lineman, but um, I don't think he was as bad as people think. I think it was a lot of it was Dwayne Brown, Connor McGovern uh, were, the, were the biggest issues probably. So, um, you know, I think I've seen a lot of people calling for them to change the offensive line. I, I don't think that it's going to happen this week. I don't think they're going to bench Dwayne Brown at all. And I don't think that they're going to put Joe Titman in yet. I, you have to remember one of the biggest issues this offensive line has had is that they have not played with each other. Boy Green just asked the question I was referring to. Um, yeah, I've seen people saying about moving ABT to the outside. Um, Dwayne Brown's not getting benched. This team still believes in him. Uh, I think they trust him more than they trust Mekhi Becton still. So we're two weeks into the season. This is the only two games this offensive line as a unit has played together. So pulling out Connor McGovern for a rookie center, I don't know that that's a good idea right now, especially the Patriots have a good defensive line. Matthew Judon, I think he wreaked havoc on them last year. He's very talented. He's not quite Mike, Michael Parsons where you're moving him everywhere, but um, he's going to present some challenges. So I think they're going to roll with this group for now, uh, maybe not forever, but for now, you know, it wouldn't shock me if at some point they change some things up. Uh, but I don't see that happening. I just, I think more the way you, um, you know, cauterize this wound or whatever is, you bring you use more help. Like they started out in 12 personnel at the very first play of the game, which they've done both weeks, which is two tight ends. And then they kind of went away from that throughout the game. I think CJ Uzama only played like 15 snaps. Jeremy Rucker only played five. Uzama and Rucker's primary skill is blocking. And I think Rucker's a little better pass catcher, but so I, I think you need to, you need to bring out Uzama more. You need to bring out Rucker more. You need to bring out Nick Bodden more, have an extra blocker in there, whether it's on passing downs or running downs. Cause the run blocking I thought was, arguably worse than the pass blocking. So it was really, really bad. There was no holes. And we'll get into Dalvin Cook, I'm sure, in a little bit. Like, he has ran into a stack box quite a bit, and I don't think he has the burst to, like, you know, exploit that. Like, even if they're, you know, I don't think he has the Brees Hall-level burst to evade that. But 
Um, the run blocking was brutal from pretty much all parties. They, I know a lot of people have been saying they should have ran to the right side more with Makai and AVT. I, AVT was good, but I, I don't think that would have necessarily fixed a lot of the issues they had. Like as Connor McGovern said, it was like on every running play, it was like they were one block away, meaning like at least one person missed their assignment and you need all five guys usually to, you know, survive that stuff. So that's why I think Jeremy Rucker in particular, who I think was very, very good run blocking in week one. I didn't really get why he didn't play more in week two. You mentioned, you know, that, that comment about it always being one block away. And I found that interesting because he mentioned that it was like always somebody different, right? Like everybody was missing. And it made me think back to training camp and the fact that this offensive line didn't really get to work together at all. The entire training camp, um, that actually in a weird way gave me some hope, Zach, because it was like, well, maybe this is their training camp. They're working yeah. out the kinks and like two weeks from now, they're going to have this figured out. Is there, is, is that fair for me to hope that way? I, I think it's fair. It, it takes time for the stuff. And unfortunately they didn't have the time in the preseason and the Jets kind of like, they tried to act like it was going to be fine. They thought that was overblown, all that stuff. I had some fans getting mad at me for saying it was something to be concerned about, but it, like Mackay Beck didn't remember, and he didn't even go play right tackle until late in training camp. Um, he didn't get first team reps until like the last two preseason games, and and Dwayne Brown still wasn't playing. So, you know, unfortunately, they're like working their way into shape as the season is going on, and some teams have to do that, and that's kind of like the the hand they're being dealt. So, you know, how the offensive line looks these first few weeks. Unfortunately, the hardest opponents are arguably these first few weeks, but. Um, how it looks this first few weeks might not be how it looks later in the season. If everybody's healthy, I, I still think they can still be a solid offensive line eventually. But, you know, if I think this Patriots game is pretty important, so they can't really afford to be the reason they're losing it. And if they are, then I think Joe Douglas gets a lot of heat every time the offensive line struggles and, and he'll deserve it, honestly, if, if this is what, you know, ruins their season, because, um, you know, he's invested a lot in offensive linemen, but ultimately he invested in a guy who's 38 years old, a left tackle, uh, you know, the, the Mackay Becton draft pick is only just starting to look like he's he's a starting player because he's healthy, you know, whatever. He, the money they gave Lake and Tomlinson, all that stuff, like he invests a lot of stuff, but do you invest it right? We're going to find out pretty soon. Yeah, it's and you mentioned Judon, and yeah, he doesn't move around as much as Parsons, but he's probably going to be on Brown a lot. Like, so that's yeah. definitely going to be a, a key spot for this week. We'll get more into that, I think, later in the week. All right, next problem and solution Playmaker production, um, we talked about Garrett and getting him the ball a little bit already, but let's get back to Brees Hall. Four touches, and you asked him after the game, and you said in your article that he didn't even let you finish the question. You asked him why the team couldn't get the running game going. He basically cut you off with, I only got the ball four times, which not great to have a guy coming off the injury that they've said they're going to work him back slowly, but he's already seemingly a little disgruntled about how many carries? He's yeah. Had. Yeah. And, and look, I, there's a couple sides to this and I get all of them. Number one, they're not giving him the full workload yet. I, I understand that coming off ACL. Number two, they didn't have the ball much and then they were in a deep hole and then you had a pass, um, which was solid excuse. But ultimately that's not a good enough excuse to me because four touches, whether it's, that's not just rushes. That's also receiving. You didn't have any catches. So like you need to get the ball in that guy's hands. Um, I get his frustration. It's week two. You don't love hearing frustration in week two. But, um, yeah, I, I think the, the – I, I just don't get why teams outthink themselves sometimes. The Jets aren't the only team that does this. Like, get the ball to your best players. Don't overdo it. Like, Dalvin Cook wasn't making a lot happen. I, 
Michael Carter played way more than I expected. He was kind of their passing down back. Probably that's because Brees is still working his way back. Like he was the one on the field for that entire drive where Zach Wilson led them to three points before halftime. Play Brees Hall more or play him the amount you have allotted and get him the ball. Like <laughs> there's just not really an excuse. Like even somebody, I think somebody asked him like, um, you know, is there, do you think there's a problem with like there being a stack box? Like maybe that's why he's like, there's, I, I do, I don't deal with stack boxes all the time uh, in this offense. So like, I give me the ball and I'll make something happen. Like he's very confident. And that's why yeah. part of why he's so good. Uh, I enjoyed Brees quite a bit. Cause he, he kind of, he's one of those that is just like, he's honest and he like kind of wears his heart on his sleeve and, but he's also really smart and I think he's mature. Um, and he just, he just wants to like, at the end of the game, if they had won and he only had four touches, then maybe he wouldn't have been upset, but they lost and he had four touches and he didn't get a chance to contribute to anything really. So, um, yeah, I didn't get not getting the ball. Garrett Wilson only has 14 targets. I believe I wrote, I think it's 14 or 15 through two weeks. That's not enough. Um, and so they, they need to, they need to figure this out because unfortunately guys like Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb were better fit fits in a, Aaron Rodgers offense because those guys aren't going to get much separation. And so Zach Wilson, I don't know if t- throwing it in a tight windows is a great idea with him. So ultimately that's why I think they need to play someone like Nicole Hardman more, Xavier Gibson, get the ball to Garrett Wilson, get the ball to Brees Hall, get the, get the ball to guys who can make things happen after the catch. Nicole Hardman in 2020. Saying here about that. Zach Rosenberg has a question here. Not really a one B on this team right now. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's kind of my point, Lance. So, McCall Hardman, why I, I don't think he's a he's definitely a flawed wide receiver. But if you look in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty, I think those were his last two full seasons. He was number two and number five in yards after the catch per reception. Like so, he has elite level speed. You signed him because of that. Like, manufacture touches for that guy. I think Xavier Gibson. He's not as fast as Hardman, but yet and and he's an undrafted rookie, and so who knows how it'll look on offense by. I, these are two guys that make plays with the ball in their hands. They can make guys miss. And that's kind of what the Jets need right now more than an Alan Lazard who when Aaron Rodgers is in, in the game, he's a good downfield weapon because Rodgers can fit in a tight windows to him, but he's not fast. Like he's not particularly fast. He's not going to burn guys. Randall Cobb, middle of the field, you know, he's reliable, but he's not going to, you know, get by anybody. So Garrett Wilson, you can throw the ball when he's covering. I think he's going to go and get it. I don't know that those two have that ability and Michael Hartman throw it to him short, let him run, throw it to him deep, whatever it is. Like, I, I think he should be playing more. This is why you signed him. He's, you know, he he's in, in theory was the replacement for Elijah Moore. And this was kind of the same thing last year. They weren't playing or using Elijah Moore. And I think McCall is faster than Elijah. So that's what, that's one fix. It's not a perfect fix. Cause again, I guess it's not like McCall Hartman's a number two caliber receiver probably, but he's a guy that can make plays. And so you need to, do whatever you can to manufacture plays and make it so teams aren't just knowing you're going to either run in every play or you're just going to throw it short and and throw it for four yards and then it's three and out. Like, they need to find ways to make things happen. And the best way to do that is to get Debris Hall and Garrett Wilson, number one, and working in Nicole Hardman, I think, is a solution. All right, one guy who has uh, he's already got the fans turning a little bit is Dalvin Cook. We got this question in from football guy. Can the Jets <laughs> release Dalvin and get out of the remaining $5.2 million in per-game roster bonus that they owe him? Um, a little kidding there. Obviously, they're not going to release Dalvin Cook, but it has been very clear 
through two games that this isn't the Dalvin Cook we're used to seeing. And I mean, hopefully it's right there with the offensive line, right? Getting into shape, figuring it yeah. out, and they're going to be okay in a couple of weeks. Dalvin Cook didn't really have a training camp um, either, came really late, coming off the shoulder injury. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on what we're seeing from him so far? Because it's what, two yards per carry? Yeah, it's it's not great. I think in uh, NFL's next gen stats, he's in the bottom five in terms of rushing yards over expectation. Basically, there's like based on the play, there's an amount of rushing yards they should get. Brees Hall is number one in rushing yards over expectation, meaning he gets yards that he's not supposed to. Whereas Dalvin Cook is negative in, in getting yards, not getting the yards that he should. Um, and basically, you know, I think you watch it. He he does not have like maybe the burst that he used to. And I think he's somebody that needs better blocking in front of him to make things happen than maybe when he was earlier in his career. But to your point, like he didn't have a training camp and he's a running back. And so I, he's taking his first hits. I'm hopeful that this isn't like the Dalvin cook we're going to see in a few weeks. Like I, I think that you kind of have to be, they, they paid him to be like a legit guy for them. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a little disappointing to start again. Some of it's not his fault. Like I said, he's ran into, I think, Stack boxes, I believe, like 65% of the time or like something crazy like that, uh, according to uh, True Media. So, you know, they paid him a lot of money. So they, he needs to be better. They're not going to cut him. They're not going to get rid of him. He's going to be here. He's a veteran guy. I think he's the leader in that locker room. And I think they trust him more than the other running backs in terms of uh, like picking up blitzes and stuff like that. Although I don't know if you really saw it. I don't even think the Cowboys blitzed at all, actually. Uh but so they, they value they value his ability to, to help in protection more than maybe Michael Carter or Brees Hall. So there's still some value there. But, yeah, I, he needs to be better. He, he's not really bringing much to the table right now. And, and you know, at some point you'd like it to just be uh, Brees Hall is the, the number one, Dalvin Cook's the number two, and they're kind of splitting carries. I, I don't know that Michael Carter should be part of that rotation necessarily. I think he's probably more a part of it now because of Brees Hall being worked back in. But, yeah, that's – it just kind of ties back to the – they don't really have it. All of a sudden, it doesn't – we went into the season feeling good about their weapons, and now it does, It feels like they only have a couple. So, um, I, I don't I, – I think part of it's because it was built around Aaron Rodgers' image, and obviously a lot of this team was, and that's kind of the issue they're going to run into on offense. But, um, yeah, I have concerns, but it's too early to panic is what I would say. Yeah, it definitely feels like at this point the, the weapons – or better a year ago when you think about the explosiveness of Elijah Moore and, and yeah, even Corey Davis is fairly reliable. Yep. Yep. Taylor just mentioned that in the comment that, that, that retirement, maybe we didn't give it enough juice when it that's, happened, but it that's the funny, that's the funny that. thing about depth. Like people, always, when you say like, you don't need a certain position, like you can lose depth pretty quickly. If you just lose a guy, like all of a sudden your depth doesn't look so great. Cause then a guy that's supposed to be a backup is starting. So, yeah. um, that's uh yeah, that's kind of the hand they're being dealt. Like I, I don't think we would have expected Randall Cobb to be playing as much as he is at the start of the offseason. So that's where we're at. All right. The other uh big issue was the defense, obviously, which we we didn't expect. I thought this would be a real low scoring, grinded out game, and Dallas's offense looked really good. Um I'll put more of it on the coverage than the D line. Um Dak 13 of his first 13. Um yeah. and C D Lamb, though really just torched the jets 11 catches 13 targets 143 yards and you had in your story today zach uh it's not like he burned one guy he burned everyone on this jets defense throughout the course of the game um you know he he caught sauce couldn't stop him nobody could stop him 
Yeah, actually, actually Sauce probably did better on him than a lot of the other guys um, that right. wound up covering him. But um, I should say, like, one of the issues is Michael Carter II did get hurt. It wasn't early, though. Like, CD was getting catches right at the beginning. And Tony Adams did as well. So those would be two guys that would be helping a guy who's primarily lining up in the slot. Eccles had um, a brutal penalty. Yeah, that was, that was tough, which came after the BS uh, roughing the passer on JFM. As, as Jets fans are keen to point out, it seems like they never get those calls in their favor. Um, it's always the opposite direction where they get kind of BS ones. JFM has been at the, been the victim of that a few times in the last two years. Um, they probably yeah, would have gotten those calls with Aaron at quarterback, to be honest, mm-hmm. like the right, those are the calls Aaron Rodgers gets anytime you breathe yeah. on him a little too hard. He's going to get the, yeah, that exactly. penalty. So, so I should say, I kind of tweeted about this a little bit today and alluded to it a little in my story. Like I've seen a lot of calls to have sauce, like shadow the other team's best player. And I, I totally get that. Like when CDs, when a guy like CD is killing you as much as he is, I think the Jets thing is they they want the other team to adjust to them. They don't want to adjust to so they, that's why they never blitz. That's why they always do that rotation defensive line, and that's why they don't they let DJ Reed be on one side and let Sauce Gardner be on the other other side and let Michael Carter the second handle the middle of the field. Uh, I don't see them changing that anytime soon. You know, but I I do think I do wonder sometimes if it's worth adjusting in game if like something's not working because. They were not able to stop CD Lamb, and he didn't really get a lot of resistance on some of those plays. And there was times where, you know, because of the zone coverage, like DJ Reed wasn't on him. Like I remember one vividly where, I think DJ kind of messed up, and I think DJ said that, but like it wound up where Jamie and Sherwood was basically all, like kind of one on one with CD Lamb, and that's going to be a recipe for disaster every time. Like a linebacker should not be covering CD unless it's like in a double team, um, and it kind of goes to the they didn't really scheme up Michael Parsons as much as I thought they said. I didn't really seem like they had a plan for CD, especially once Michael Carter the second went out, which is hard to blame them for. But ultimately I I don't think it's gonna be as big of an issue as it seemed in week one. I think you kind of saw this last year. Even that, that Browns game last year, if you remember they, that was the last time they gave up 30 points. Like they the the defense wasn't great that day either. I think Amari Cooper was killing them that day. So I, I'm if Michael Carter II is healthy, I'm not concerned. If he is not healthy, that is a little concerning because he kind of mans that nickel spot. Um, and, unless they plan to move DJ Reed there, which I don't know that they would. That would mean like Brandon Eccles, I guess, would come in, or or you play a lot more of if Tony Adams is healthy. Like it's a little more concerning if your nickel is not. And that's I think throughout the season, and you saw this last year a little bit. That that area of the field is going to be where teams are going to attack them constantly. Like they're going to attack the linebackers in coverage because they are, they've struggled with that, the safeties and the nickel and Michael Carter does a good job. Like he, if you look at the stats, he's always going to give up a lot of catches because as a nickel corner, it's like, you're not going to prevent them from catching the ball. It's more about if you just kept prevent them from making big plays. And I think he's really good. Uh, So yeah, but anyway, looking ahead, like it's like next week, Patriots don't really have any receivers that scare you. Um, The chiefs, you know, I'm sure Sauce will get some reps against Travis Kelsey. I don't know that he'll follow him, but I think he'll get some reps against him. Uh, and maybe he should follow him, honestly, and that's something to talk about as we go into the Chiefs game. But after that, you know, the Eagles have two star receivers, so you're not going to have shadow, Sauce shadow one of them. The Broncos don't really have anybody that scares you. After the bye, the Giants, maybe Darren Waller, but I don't think you really need to do that because the rest of the Giants offense isn't particularly scary to me. Um you know, the Dolphins that, are yeah. low, have two Dolphins have, studs, say, Yeah, so. the next time where I what I said is week 10 or whatever week it is they play the Raiders would be Devontae Adams. That would yeah. be a discussion. And then Tyree Kill. But they also have Jalen Waddle. So um, that's the thing. Like That's why shadowing I don't think always makes sense. Maybe they should consider it sometimes. But 
the Jets defense worked keeping it like this all season last year. It's a long year. And I, I get that you should adjust some weeks, but you know, I also should say like, I don't think the defensive line got really home as much as it had the week before. Like they didn't, they weren't pressuring Dak as much as you would hope. Brett Self actually had a good game. He didn't play that much. He had like four pressures and like 14 snaps or something like that. Carl Lawson was, I'm curious to see if that was a workload thing or if he's just a legit backup now because Jermaine Johnson started and Carl Lawson played like less than 20 snaps, I think. Um, didn't really notice him. Uh, Quinnen made some plays, but overall that defensive line does not did not play as well. And it, in order for the, you know, to, it, the best way to prevent a guy like CeeDee Lamb from killing you is by getting home. And they weren't doing that as much either. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This one from Peter Yeti um, about that defensive front. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Will McDonald was a healthy scratch. Uh, how many teams don't dress first-round picks when he isn't hurt makes that pick very questionable. Now, in the Jets' defense, I will say they're loaded as far as that position goes and guys that can put pressure on the quarterback. But in a, the other side of it is in a season where you came into this with Super Bowl aspirations, should, should you have taken a player at a position that you were so strong at? Like there's two ways to view it, I guess. Yeah, that was kind of player that was available kind of the, versus need, right? That's why all the criticism we we gave them after that pick was, I think, warranted at the time. Um, yep. You know, Will McDonald impressed me in camp, but uh, like this is why. Like, and I got some flack for even tweeting about this uh, after he was announced as an active that it's not ideal to have your first round pick out in week two as a healthy scratch. Like they, even if you want to say you know, what offensive lineman are they going to take? What receiver are they going to take? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that necessarily. Um, and I get the concern. I do think there were some receivers that they could have taken. Maybe the Jets didn't like them, but your first round pick is not active in week two. Um, and this is a team that like the offensive line is a mess. So you see that you see the receivers aren't really making many plays. Like even like, you know, the, the linebackers struggling in coverage, whatever it is, like there's other areas they could have addressed. And that, that's a more of a long-term pick. And I'm sure, you know, maybe a year or two from now, when McDonald's having 10 sacks a year, we're going to say it was a great pick at the time. But in the moment, they had other needs and they used a first-round pick on a guy that isn't playing. And they used a second-round pick on a guy that's not playing so far. So um, they didn't have a perfect roster and that didn't really necessarily help them to start the season. I think Joe Titman will start eventually and that'll look good, but the Will McDonald thing, I think it's fair to criticize them for it. I, it's it's too early to say like it was a bad pick necessarily. I just think this is kind of like why we all criticized it at the time. Cause it's like, you know, what, what's this guy's role going to be, especially now that, you know, they, when they picked him and they, the press conferences, even Joe Douglas, who doesn't really make statements like this was like, we anticipate having a lot of big leads this season. And so when you have big leads, you're rushing the passer. Well, now Aaron Rodgers isn't here and you're not going to have a lot of big leads probably. So does Will McDonald have a role at all this year? Like that's going to be one of the things to keep an eye on. And especially if Carl Lawson's not even playing a lot, I can't imagine Will McDonald will play a lot over him. So anything else from the game for you, Zach, before we get into a look at how people did in picks? Um, Let's see anything else from the game to address. 
Is there any other questions about the game in the chat? Um, no, I think I'm we trying, got I don't, through the, all the we, questions as we went. I think we yeah. cover pretty much everything. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the stuff is just like, I think they need to play Jeremy Rucker more. Um, I don't think they'll change anything on the O-line. I, oh, there was I think, a little chatter about the first-round pick that they're going to now get back from the uh, Packers, right? Like Because they assumed right, that yeah. pick was gone, but now that Rogers is going to miss, they'll have that first-round pick. Can they or can they not use that pick in a trade? I don't believe they can because even though we know Rodgers isn't playing technically until he doesn't officially do it, I think is right. because he thinks think, he's playing. So, yeah. So I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure in this, but I imagine they could ask the Packers nicely. If it'd be okay, if they could use that pick, uh, Packers probably would say, why would we help you? And, and maybe right. they could send them a pick to like convince them or something like that. But I, this is all stuff like the jets aren't going to trade their first round pick this year, especially now that, you know, but they're not going to trade for another quarterback of that caliber that would require a first. And so if Zach Wilson is your quarterback or Carson Wentz or Colt McCoy, you're probably not going to be at the bottom of the first round like you planned. So I, they need that first round pick, maybe even the draft a quarterback. I don't know. So I, that first round pick's not going anywhere. I am curious to see if they can get out of this tough stretch with a decent record. If Joe Douglas makes a move before the deadline, because I think it comes in around the bye or a little bit after it going to be interesting all right let's take a look at the picks these are the results for week one thanks for everybody who signed up we have a good chunk of people we're not going to go through all this but i just wanted to put a highlight on the uh the top of the board full stack reaper jim d 75 feel free to put your real names in there or kind of like a first name and a initial if you if you can because these are kind of let us know somebody is you in the chat at the very least yeah yeah yeah, if you're in the chat and you had 10 10 is the leader uh through week one uh james snia 10 space cadet 10 and ny impact 414 so those are the leaders and space cadet and new york impact actually didn't even pick the thursday night game so oh wow uh, props to them for that totally well by, by yeah. ladies this d milner d milner did some picks who knew the the last uh oh, yeah jets top 10 cornerback right there yeah i'm sure there that's definitely know. him yeah i'm else. sure he is he's a loyal, loyal listener. <laughs> uh, we got in last we, place Oh, the bottom. Go to the bottom. Yep. Uh, if we scroll down, though, you, uh, uh, a lot of, you got nine, Zach, right? I got nine. Yeah, I did okay. I did okay. I don't know. I couldn't find Marissa really quickly. Uh, Connor and I both did seven, I think. So struggling there. There we go. Uh, if we go to the bottom, three. Ooh, got a couple MJ threes. Pass, 383. Not a good week. Got the Bills. Got the Ravens. Got the Bucks. That was it. Pick the, pick the Jets, though, it looked like. Yeah. So work to do at the bottom the <laughs> but yeah keep up, up with this guys and then as uh somebody has a really good week we'll try and like get them on the pot or something yeah i do have, i can email the people as we go um if you have a big week or maybe through like a certain percentage of the season we can have whoever's leading the way um on right right now obviously a big bunch so good stuff thanks for signing up keep make sure you do that pick set that reminder We'll remind you on the show every week, too, to, to get them in. The one tricky one, though, is if we record on Friday and there's a Thursday night game, make sure you get that game in as well. Um, all right, we look ahead to New England. This is a Zach. We'll talk about it later in the week. But, man, this is two desperate teams, it feels like. The Patriots yeah. have not been terrible, but the schedule has been rough. You know, they open with the Jets. If the Jets were ever going to beat the, if the Jets were ever going to beat the Patriots, like this would be a great time to do it. Make them own three. Like that'd be, that'd be pretty special for Jets fans. Everybody would move on from the Cowboys game. On the other hand, it's almost hard to imagine, right? 
yeah. Bill Belichick company going to 0 three. So a lot <laughs> on the line here in in a week three game in at MetLife against the Patriots. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. We'll get all into that later in this later in the week. Um, do we have any potential guests coming on, Zach? I know we're trying to get more guests. Potentially Marissa at the very least. Yeah, that's true. Well, it doesn't get any better than that. Hopefully yeah. we get Marissa on to check in and uh, we will check in with everybody else later in the week, either Thursday or Friday. We'll keep everybody updated on Twitter. Thanks for joining the Can't Wait Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>